Welcome to King's Arms. We're so glad to have you with us this morning. Whether you're joining us at 9.30 live or whether you're um, watching on demand later in the day, we're so glad you're here. Yeah, it's great to be with you today. It's so good to have you with us. And just a reminder that our services are changing up a little bit this week. So from, from now on, 9.30 is going to be a live stream service. And then uh, we're going to have a, on demand from them, our family meetings moving to 9 a.m., uh, and we're not going to do top coffee and chat after the services anymore. And one of the reasons for that is that we are launching Raw Church. And for those of you who've not heard about Raw Church, over the summer we did a pilot of a new interactive way of doing church over Zoom, where we really get to connect with each other, really get to study God's Word together. And the feedback was phenomenal. Mm. I loved it. So I'm excited that we're launching Raw Church again today. Yeah, I got to only just do one of the pilot sessions of Raw Church, and I absolutely loved it. It was just really fun to get to connect with a small group around the Word of God is amazing. So if you're interested, it's not too late to sign up. You can click on the link on the screen. And we also wanted to let you know that we're really sad um, that we've had to pause the face-to-face -face services due to the lockdown, but um, we'll get those up and running as soon as we possibly can. Yeah, I hope you're coping with the second lockdown. I uh, know I must say that we prefer the warm, sunny April lockdown oh, to the freezing yeah. November <laughs> lockdown. I've had to buy my new lockdown slippers just to kind of get through. Oh, I got some too. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> just to get through the thing. But seriously, I, I know we're just, so many of us, we're just mm. frustrated. We're just tired. We're emotionally kind of weary of the whole thing. Yeah. But let's just take a moment this Sunday just to fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, um, someone, I heard someone say recently that God was working on a plan before we even knew there was a problem and that's where I want to fix my eyes right now, not on the, the micro, the detail around us, but on the big picture on what God is doing, mm. that Jesus is still building his church. Our prayers are still powerful and effective and that he is working behind the scenes. He's working for good for all those who love him accord according to his purpose. And so let's fix our eyes yeah. on him today. Let's worship him together. If you're not yet a believer, you're not yet a follower of Jesus, thank you so much for joining us. Mm. And listen to these words as we sing together, even join in and sing with us as we celebrate who Jesus is, what he's done, and how he's transforming our, our lives and how he's moving and working across the world. Let's worship him together, shall we? Yeah.
just for your glory.
Your heart and lead me in your love. 
I will build my life. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation that trust in you, Jesus, the unfailing one, the unshakable one, beginning and the end, you are the first and the last, you never change, you never have, you never will, we put our trust in you, we put our trust in you. Put our trust in you. Just wherever you are right now, why don't you put your hand on your heart? Say, Jesus, I put my trust in you. Whatever circumstances you're facing, whatever your world looks like right now, just say, God, I choose right now. I turn my heart towards you. I choose to trust in you. I choose to trust in your goodness. I choose to trust in your plans. I choose to trust in your authority, King Jesus. I know that you are unfailing. I know that you're unshakable. I choose you as my firm foundation, God. I know that you have never let me down, and I know that you never will, I declare. You are my rock, God. Thank you, God. You are completely trustworthy. Yeah, God, we just worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We worship you because you're a good Father. You're a kind Father. Jesus, we thank you that you um, you paid the price so we wouldn't have to, that you died on the cross um, to, to pay for, for our sins, for my sins. I was just reminded today of the story of the prodigal son, of when um, the son that left the home, that left mm. the father, when he, when he was on his way home, ashamed and dirty and stinking, um, his father was watching for him and he saw him a long way off and he ran to meet him and he hugged him and he kissed him and he welcomed him home. And, and his love and his show of affection made it easy for the son to come home. And Father, I just thank you that that's my story, that you've made it um, easy, that your love and affection and kindness and goodness has, has made the way for me to come home to you. Yes. I worship you for that, God. There's nobody, nobody else like you. Mm. You're the best father. Mm. We love you, God. I yes, love you, Father. Thank you. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. 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 Oh, that's so good. Mm. Um, now's our time just to, that we're going to be able to take up an offering and um, that you can give in to um, all, the, all the work that we're doing in our community here at the King's Arms. Um, so you can do that by clicking on the link if you'd like to. Yeah, one of the things that we've been loving to do in lockdown is just hear the stories of those who've come to faith in Christ. And uh, many of you will know Matt Knapp. Matt leads worship for us, and you might have seen him either online or uh, when we were back in the building. 
And Matt is just going to take a few moments to tell us his story of how he came to faith in Christ. If you're not yet a believer, you might be wondering, how do these people become Christians in the first place? Well, here's one man and here's his journey, here's his story of how he became a Christian. Hi everyone, my name is Matt. I'm 24 years old and part of the worship team here at King's Arms. Um, I've also been married to Charlotte for a year and a half and run a carpentry business with my brother-in-law. Um, I grew up going to church and in a Christian family, so uh, hearing about God was kind of the norm for me from a young age. I gave my life to God when I was seven years old. I was going to bed one night and um, just asked my mum if I could become a Christian. Um, I didn't know loads about Christianity, but I knew in my heart that I wanted to follow Jesus. Um, so she prayed a prayer with me. Um, and then from uh, that moment on, I just went on a walk with God. And um, I remember when I was uh, 11 years old, I became really anxious um, and believed this lie that my family were gonna abandon me. Um, which was just a massive, a massive lie. And so I was starting secondary school, uh, trying to make friends, but at the same time had this uh, anxiousness that I'd get home from school and my family wouldn't be there and caused a lot of um, just anxiety in my life. I remember I would cry a lot at school and have panic attacks, but I would, wouldn't want anyone to see me. So I would pretend to be ill. Um, and so my dad would have to come and pick me up, but he would then, take me home, have to go back to work. So then I was by myself again, so the plan didn't really work. But I remember this went on for about a year. Um, so I missed a lot of school, struggled to make friends. Um, and yeah, I was just really anxious and shy as a child. And I remember I went uh, on a weekend away with my youth group. Um, and just during worship, I was still had this fear, even though I was away, um, again, really anxious that I'd go back and my family wouldn't be there. And I just remember during worship, the Holy Spirit just filled me and uh, couldn't stop crying and uh, just felt the, the presence and the peace of God and felt this anxiousness just lift off me, this weight lift off me, which was amazing. And from that moment on, I didn't have a lie. I wasn't anxious about that at all. And I was able to go back to school and just um, be myself without having this lie over my head. And, and so since that, moment I've had so many stories with God and where he's just brought me through things where he's provided and that's just one of um, so many stories that God has done in my life. Oh so good Matt. Matt I love we love that you. Guy. We I love know. you. So good to hear a story. Um, our stories are so powerful aren't they? And, you know, sometimes we can maybe feel like um, we haven't got all the information or, or what it takes to really debate the deeper points of theology or to bring all the evidence. Um, and I know I've felt like that a lot in my lifetime. But what I've learned is that telling my story and being myself um, is so powerful in, um, in, in letting people have mm. a picture and it's, it's impactful for people. And um, I was just reminded this week because I got an email from a friend um, from university who at the beginning of, um, of our friendship, um, she didn't really have a grid for Christianity. And just through um, being my friend and hearing my story, um, she, in the end, she gave her, her life to Jesus and it was part of, part of her journey and she's still walking with him today. It's just so powerful um, to be able to open up and let people see and let people hear. Um, our stories and how God's impacted our lives. So just really encourage you to, to get hold of yours, to be able to tell it and, um, and to be confident to share it.
Yeah, brilliant. I love what one Peter says, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope you have. And yeah. I just feel like we need to be carriers of that hope mm. in this season. So let's get ready to tell our stories, to share with anyone who's interested in what, why we found uh, hope and, and uh, peace in this time. And now, for, without further ado, we have the amazing Ben and Ajo. Ben uh, is going to be sharing from God's Word with us today. Ben has an insanely busy job, a young family, but he's mm. carved out time, got, uh, time today to, to share from God's Word. So let's prepare our hearts, let's open our hearts to receive mm. from the Word of God and from Ben, who's going to deliver it to us powerfully, I know. Well, hello, King Sams. I'm glad you're able to tune in um, today. It's so good um, to have you joining. I don't know about you, but I am really feeling the weather right now. I went for a walk earlier on today and I could feel the cold in my bone. I don't know about you, but it made me miss the, um, the very hot weather we had in what feels like only weeks ago. You know, I think it was in August. I remember being in North Wales on holiday and um, um, when the heat wave came across this part of the country and um, a friend of mine told, sent me a text message and said, this is um, Bedford, it's no longer Bedford. He said Clapham has now been rebranded Costa del Clapham, you know, because it, it was so hot. In fact, I heard the story of a, of, a, of a mother who bought bread from the shops and because it was so hot by the time she got home, it was toast. Um, well, <laughs> that's, that's, that was just a joke there. Um, anyway, the cold season is upon us. Um, it's winter. It's time to wrap up warm. Time to pack nicely. Pack uh, the, the sleeveless tops and the flip flops and the shorts to put them away. The cold weather is upon us. And today I've got two questions for you. Um, the first question is: What season are we in spiritually? And the second question is: What are you doing in response? to the season that we're in spiritually. So let me unpack the first question, what season are we in? You know, if we look at it from a physical side of things, we know the seasons change, you know, the weather changes, you know, and we all have to respond, as I was saying a minute ago. But if you're not aware of a change in the weather or the season you're in physically, you won't make the most of that season. And if for anything, you're likely to get into a lot of troubles and a lot of danger. And so going back to North Wales in, um, right now in my shorts and in my sleeveless top and lying by the seaside, I think we all know what the outcome of that will be. And similarly, if um, during the heat wave um, that, um, that came in, in August, if, if I had my winter coat on and my hat on and gloves and sat in front of a big fire, we all know what the outcome of that would be. It is common sense to adapt to the season that we are in so that we can survive and so that we can thrive in that season. Now, if we look at the events happening around us today, you know, in the physical realm, you know, do you wonder what season we're in as we see the disastrous effect of this pandemic in our country and across the world, you know, um, and we're now in another lockdown? As we look at the joblessness, um, the job situation across the country, business is going on the left, right and center. As we see the outcry against racism and racial injustice in many countries of the world today. As we see the increasing conflict in marriages and relationships, the hyperpolarized views um, on the political front, you know, I was told, I read somewhere this week that there's been up to 70,000 deaths 
from 17 wars that has happened in this year alone as we withdraw from the EU. You know, the, the stock market is having, <laughs> you know, very volatile performances at the moment. There is the increased speed to find a vaccine uh, to, uh, for, for this virus. In the middle of all of this, have you stopped to ask yourself what is really going on? We know from the Bible in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. I would argue that to know what season we're in, we need to turn to the one who knows it all. We need to turn to the one who has the ultimate knowledge, the one with this, who is ultimately supreme, the one whose understanding goes beyond what you and I have, the one who sits outside of the realm of time, the one who knows our future before we get there. We need to turn to Father God to know what season we're in. You see, I, I think understanding the voice of God and being able to draw from his endless fountain of wisdom is the best approach, is the best way we can use to navigate the season we're in right now. I say that again, you know, we need to understand the voice of God and draw from his fountains of, of wisdom. That is our best way to navigate through the season we are in right now. So the, I guess the question I'm really asking you this morning is, are you seeking Father God to understand what season we're in and what he is up to in this season? Your choices are to understand what is going on from the media and what the news have to say, or we can also know what um, God is saying about the season we're in. In fact, while I was preparing for this, for this talk, I was glued to the TV watching the, um, the pre US presidential elections, or watching the BBC and the CNN, trying to figure out who was going to be, win, what were the consequences or the impact of one candidate or the next winning. And I was, I was to be honest, beginning to get drawn into some level of anxiety, trying to figure it all out. And, you know, and <laughs> thankfully, my wife was kind enough to say, you know, who's view are you resting upon right now? She reminded me of what I've just been preparing, you know, and the question linked to that is, is your view, your current, the current, your view of the current situation shaped by what man has to say alone, or are we turning to Father God to understand what his take is in this time? Each season brings its opportunities, it brings its challenges. We know there have been major innovations and breakthroughs in the medical field that, that has happened despite challenging situations. You know, we know of many revivals that have been birthed during times of incredible challenge and hardship. You know, one such example is, is one of the one we, we talk about here a lot, the Azusa Street Revival, which began in the U.S. Um, in the early 1900s. You know, there was an outpouring of the move of God and many people across the world were led to Jesus. They witnessed mind-blowing healings and miracles and there's so many books written about it. I won't go into any more detail on that. But what you may not know is that William Seymour, William Seymour who pioneered in this revival, was a black man who himself had experienced racism. 
In fact, we hear stories of when he was in Bible school or on the graduation from Bible school, not being allowed to sit in the same room or same class with his, um, with his white colleagues. You know, the revival happened in the context of heavy racial segregation when lynching was common in the United States. You know, later on in his ministry, uh, Mr. Seymour was constantly under attack on many fronts. But one of the areas he was on uh, attack for was his view and his push and his drive for interracial revival and um, revival meetings and worship and leadership teams. You know, we, he, they saw God moving in unprecedented way despite the challenging times. I was reading the story a few days ago of a lady who came into the meeting, was just filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, couldn't play any instrument at all, went, um, led by the Holy Spirit, sat in front of the piano and started playing the keys and the whole church joined them. They had a, 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 an amazing time with God. You know, incredible response from God in an unprecedented situation. I strongly believe that in the moments we're in right now, they're just way too precious for God to be absent and not to engage with what is happening in our world right now. You know, in my line of work um, in the conduct of clinical trials uh, for new medicines, we, um, we try to understand what is going on around us and try to predict um, a few param uh, parameters to do with a clinical trial, you know, and to do this in, in um, we often look at historical data to help us, you know, in predictive analytics, you gather enough historical data, you deeply assess the data to observe the behavior over time, and then you utilize specific indicators to help you predict what is likely to happen. It's the same principles you and I use in our daily lives. You know, we make a lot of decisions by looking at what has happened in the past. You know, either who you date or get married to, or what types of food you might be allergic to, the best time to catch a train or a bus to get to your destination. We all use historical experiences to help us determine future events. And so, if we're having friends around hours for, for a meal, my wife and I could easily tell those that are going to show up late and those that are going to be early. And please don't ask me to say who. Um, I'll let you figure those out. Anyway, friends, what I'm trying to say this, this day is that the Bible is full of track records, historic and historical data of God's children facing unprecedented situations and what God did about it. And so as we, I encourage us as we read the Bible to, to put on a new lens to look at unprecedented times and how God intervened. We see this in the story of Joseph in the time of seven years of drought, no food around the region he was at, and how God used a foreign ex-prisoner to become a second in command in the leading nation of Egypt and being able to bless the nation and to, and to pro provide food which met the need at the time. In the New Testament, we see another situation where Jesus and his disciples had to feed 5,000 folks in a remote place, you know, where there were no Tesco's or McDonald's around to feed the hungry people, you know, and they were, they were tasked, the disciples were tasked to provide food. 
and we see how God miraculously um, multiplies five loaves of bread and two fish to feed more than 5,000 and they had leftovers. You know, another example of unprecedented times and God response is um, in Exodus, the famous story of in Exodus uh, 14, when Moses was leading God's people out of slavery in Egypt. You know, he had an army, the Egyptian army advancing behind him and he had his Israelites in front of him with him and a Red Sea in front of them with no time or no means, should I say, of crossing the sea on time before the army got to him, got to them and killed them off. You know, there was panic all around. There was death hanging in the air. No human solution, complaints everywhere. In fact, why don't we just take a look at this? If you've got your Bible, would you look at Exodus um, 14? Uh, we won't have time to read the full chapter in this uh, recording. But um, I would encourage you in your own time to please do read this. I'm going to jump to, um, we're going to jump to verses 11 and read from there. Then there the Israelites said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry land. Jump to verse 19. I love this bit. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of, the, um, in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved in front, of, in front and stood behind them coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry ground, dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Moses, in unprecedented times, with a real threat to his life and those of 600,000 other Israelites as we know today, surrounded by fear and panic from the Israelites. And I love how he deals with this. You know, verse 1, which we didn't get to read, and I hope you read later on, says he, he, he listens to God. You know, verse 1 says, then the Lord said to Moses, they were in dialogue. You know, God, uh, Moses listened to God. He understood what was on God's heart. In verse 13, we're told that, um, you know, Moses told the Israelites to stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord would bring. He said that with assurance because he knew the heart of God. You know, in verse 15, we told that he cries out to God. You know, God says, why are you crying out to me? He cries out to God. He was real with God. You know, he hears from God again. 
in verse 16. He gets instructions on how to divide the sea and he steps out in obedience and witnesses an unprecedented response that had never happened in his history and his knowledge in an unprecedented situation. A miraculous God coming in to save and to bless his people. Friends, if you're not spending time with God in prayer and in his word today, trying to understand what is going on, I would say it points to a number of possibilities. One, you have it all figured out and you know it all and you know where to go. Or two, we don't really fully comprehend and agree with what the Bible says that all things were created through him, Jesus, and that he holds all things together. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. So the question I have for you, as I said, is what season are we in spiritually? What season are we in and what is God the Father doing in this season? So that was my first question to you. My second question to you, I just want to take a moment to ask you, what are you doing in response to the season we're in? See, I believe each and every one of us have been born for significance. I believe your time right here, right now, in Bedford or wherever you're watching this from, is not just a mere coincidence. I think you've been strategically placed to bring God's, to make a difference in God's kingdom and to bless the world around you. You know, we, the book of Ephesians 2 um, says that you and I are God's handiwork, are God's workmanship. He's created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you know that God prepared you many, many years before you were born to make a difference in such times as this? We see this in Exodus 14, in verses 21. Moses stepped out, you know, and did as God had asked him, you know, lifting up his staff. And we see God demonstrate his power by keeping the armies of the Egyptians away, by parting the sea and, helping, um, and, and creating dry ground for the Israelites to move into safety. Folks, my, my personal view is that whenever God's people face unprecedented time, God demonstrates his power and reveals his glory in ways they had never seen before. But he, he, he likes to partner with people to do so. You know, so when I hear of the many things happening around us today and seeing how heaven's kingdom is breaking in in the last few months, when I hear about the number of people who would never venture near a church building but are now accessing online church, when I hear about the dramatic surge in, in sales of the Bible as people look for hope, when I see people watching out for their neighbors and serving and blessing those in isolation, my heart is so grateful. You know, but I also sense that we're going to see even more miraculous interventions and God's kingdom breakthrough than we have ever known or can comprehend. I believe we're going to see breakthroughs in the church that we've never known before, never seen before. We're going to see this outside of the church and outpouring of God's goodness, even in times like this. 
And while I'm, I was appreciating God for all the good things we hear, despite the difficult situation, you know, I, I, I just felt God say, you know, to stop expecting the normal breakthroughs, for he is about to break out in unusual ways, and there is no set template for what he wants to do in this season. And I've been asking God and I've been saying, so God, what is it? What is it you're doing? And what's my role in that? What can I do? You know, you know, what should I do? What should I do? And I hope you're not putting yourself under such pressure. But in response, I just heard God say, son, that is the wrong question. The right question is, who are you meant to be? You know, are you going to be a son that gazes at his father and, goes, and does what he sees the father doing? Are you going to be a son that and steadily watches his father and goes where he sees his father going. You know, I was reminded of a story of a small town in Norway, um, which I can't pronounce. Um, um, you can look it up later on. But um, this little town hardly gets any sunlight because the town is surrounded um, uh, by, 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 by mountains. And so in the winter months, they could go um, up to six months in a year and not have sunlight, adequate sunlight. And so it used to be the case that the residents went up the hill to, cut, to get um, the winter sun for a few hours before coming down until some innovator, someone clever, decided to place giant mirrors on top of the hills surrounding the town center so they could reflect, uh, um, redirect sunlight into the middle of the town center. Now, the trick in this was that the mirror had to be adjusted to be at the right angle to, to be able to, to reflect the sunbeams and to, to move the, the rays towards the right direction. And as I was reflecting on this story earlier on, I was, I was just reminded that, you know, um, it's my response to all what's going on right now going to be that of a son who watches his father who has, who's, who changes his heart, his, his mind, his thinking, you know, everything I have to, to be in the same coordinate with my father to see what my father is doing because it's out of there that things come out. It's out of there I can mirror what I see my father doing. And so my question in, in finishing, guys, uh, today is what season are we in? And what are you doing in response to this season. God bless you as you think about this this week. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. It's so good to hear your heart and also just to be provoked to listen to God and do something about what he says. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. Yeah. It's been great to be with you. And don't forget to check out Raw Church. You can find out kingsarms.org forward slash bookings to find out everything that's going on. We'll keep you updated. Obviously, things are changing all the time. Mm -hmm. But let's connect together. Let's keep pressing into community. Let's keep pressing into finding uh, and helping one another to, to be all that we can be in God. God bless you. Have a fantastic day yeah. and enjoy your week. Yeah, have a great day. Bye. by your questioning. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Terrible. Okay. Um. <laughs>
I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that after a bit. Okay. Because I can feel myself. I can feel myself trying to be Tim Keller. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't quite work on me as well as it does on him. All right. <laughs> no, I, it will bother me. It, it, yeah. yeah, I won't get it there, just in case. There might be somebody else out there like me. Yeah. No, you're... Someone no. with that... I was like, no. 